I'm so excited to be with you all this morning to celebrate moms. I am a mom. If uh, you didn't see Liam up here, that is my son. Thank you. Uh, we have two kids. We've got Liam, who's five, Lucia, who's two. And on Mother's Day, of course, I have two people to shout out, one of those being my mom. Hi, mom. She's watching online today. I'll see you in a few hours at the beach. My mom has to be the most encouraging um, and, and serving person I know. I can't think of someone who loves to do things for other people more than my mom. She's a huge role model in my life. The second person I have to give a shout out to is my mother-in-law, Jamie Lash. She is officially cancer-free as of like two weeks ago. So thank you all for praying. She's home recovering from her cancer surgery. And we're so thankful that all of you have been praying with us uh, for her healing. And she's doing great right now. Uh, I also have to give a shout out to my husband. This is Mother's Day, I know. And uh, there are two piles of laundry waiting for you to fold when we get home. But I have to say, John is by far the greatest source of encouragement in my life outside of Jesus. I almost didn't speak this morning. I was just so nervous and I didn't really know what to say. And John was encouraging, not just in this, but every day in parenting and my professional life in so many areas. I have just found, um, found so much support and encouragement from my husband. So thank you, honey, for uh, allowing me to speak today. So uh, we're going to go ahead and read a passage in Luke. We're talking about Mary today. We always talk about Mary when I'm speaking, which is only once a year. So it's not that often. But go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. This is in the New Testament. Good morning to all of you guys joining us online, by the way. Um, so let's go ahead and read. It's just a few verses here. Luke 1, 26 through 29. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much. I, I truly believe you have something to say to every single person who's listening this morning. So we just re receive whatever it is that you have for us. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, you guys can take a seat, be seated, thank you. If you know this passage, maybe you've read through the book of Luke before, you're maybe familiar with this. Um, this is a really popular story. This is like the beginning of the Easter, the Christmas story. And further along in the chapter, Gabriel comes and he gives Mary some really big news, right? He tells her, Mary, you're about to have a baby. Mary's not married, she's actually a virgin. And he says, I know this is kind of out of the blue, but God is going to do some really incredible things in your life. And obviously that would be shocking, right? That's kind of shocking information. I'd be stunned if an angel showed up at my house to, to tell me that. But we didn't read that just now. All we read was that Gabriel um, came to her and encouraged her. Hey, God sees you. God notices you. God has shown favor over your life. And we read that Mary was greatly disturbed by that which I found to be really interesting. If you saw the kids video, uh, maybe you noticed my kids were not in it. 
Uh, that was not intentional, it was an accident. Miss Andrea went out of her way, I don't know if Andrea's still in here, she went out of the way to include me. She invited us and said, Nancy, we would love to have the kids in the video, if it's convenient for you, I know you're busy, but you know, they, I think they would like it, I knew they would love it, so I said, yeah, we'll be there, we're gonna do it, that sounds so fun. Uh, she sent me a follow-up text, she sent me another email with more details on what to expect from the video, and um, lo and behold, I'm checking my email a few Mondays ago, and I read the email from Andrea, and it's very detailed, it's got all the info, and I realized I started doing like the calendar math, and I was like, oh no, it's Monday. She said we were gonna record this on Sunday, and there's not enough time to do it this Sunday, and I realized I'd missed the day. I, I just didn't show up to the video recording, and I felt horrible. I love Andrea, I love what she does for the kids' ministry, and I'm forever trying to encourage her and support her, and here I did, and I just totally dropped the ball. And so I replied to the email, it was like 10.30, and I said, Andrea, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I forgot the recording. You just, you worked so hard on this, and, and I just let you down, I'm so sorry. And she responded back right away, Nancy, it's not a big deal. The video turned out great, everything is good, don't worry. Really made me feel okay about it. And so I responded and I said, Andrea, thank you for showing me grace, but really, I feel so bad. Thank you for understanding. And she replied back and said, um, I read the first line of the email and it said, Nancy, you reap what you sow. And I just sat there and I said, she's right. She's right. I just deserve to feel this way. I just, I'm just going to sit in this because you know what? It's just who I am. And I dropped the ball and I should have known this would happen to me and I would forget. And I just, you know, kept going on only to read the rest of the email and Andrea wrote, Nancy, you put so much grace out there. You show so many people so much grace. It's only obvious that I would show you grace. And I paused and I, it almost brought me to tears. And I told her later, that was so encouraging for me to hear. I was ready to buy into this idea that I just can't do anything right. I'm a failure. I'm going to let people down. And she was just so quick to show me grace. And thinking about this story with Mary, I wonder how Mary would have responded if Gabriel came to her and said, Mary, you're from a small town. I want to let you know nothing big and important is going to come out of your life. You're just going to, you know, kind of go through life very quietly. I feel like Mary would have said, you're right. That's just who I am. That's, I, I know. That's just what expect, that's what's expected of me. That's who I am. And that's not what happened. Gabriel came and told her, you're going to be highly impactful. You're actually going to change the world. God sees you. God notices you. He's going to use you. And that really made her feel something weird. I read this and I related to how Mary was feeling. Mary was feeling insecure. The big idea is this. This is kind of the main thought that we're going to focus around today. It says, when we accurately see ourselves the way God does, we can confidently do what he calls us to. When we accurately see ourselves the way God does, we can confidently do what he calls us to. This isn't just an issue with me, right? This is like a very personal thing that I read in scripture and thought, whoa, that applies to me. But I don't know if you've read anything about imposter syndrome. This is a popular thought going on right now. I, read, I watched a TED talk on it. There was a guy who uh, graduated from an Ivy League university, got a job, was incredibly successful, and um, got an email that he was going to receive an award, and he was supposed to go to this conference to receive the award. So he went to his secretary and said, hey, I, don't, I think they sent this email to the wrong person. I can't possibly be receiving this. I'm not like in that category. And the secretary kind of looked at him and said, absolutely you are. Look at what you found. Look at what you did. This is incredible. And he felt such a disconnect between who he was, his accomplishments, and 
what he'd actually done. And so this is a, a common idea. He said he felt so much peace in realizing, whoa, a lot of people out there really see ourselves differently than what we're accomplishing and what we're able to do. So I realized it's not just me. It's not just us. Albert Einstein, right? We all know Albert Einstein. He's widely acknowledged as one of the greatest and most influential physicists of all time. He's best known for developing the theory of relativity. I don't need to explain to you who Albert Einstein is, right? We know who Einstein is. He's on record for saying, my work doesn't deserve as much attention as it's received. It's not just an issue with me. It's not just an issue out there in psychology. It's not an issue with Einstein. This is actually something we all struggle with. Parents, right? They send you home from the hospital with an infant baby, and you're like, I'm supposed to take care of this? Why is the nurse not coming home with me? I don't, I'm not qualified to do this. What about college grads, right? You go through school, you get the grades, you get the degree, and then you show up at work and you're like, I'm supposed to be left alone with these patients. This is on me. I should know what I'm doing, right? Oh man. What if you've been working at your job for a long time, you get promoted and people are now looking to you to answer questions. Maybe you're thinking, but who do I ask questions to? I don't know how to do this. We all struggle with seeing ourselves the way God does. This is because it's part of our sin nature. Pastor John alluded to this last week in his sermon. If we look all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it, she ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, they noticed they were naked. They saw themselves differently as a result of sin. So what do we do when what God says about us doesn't line up with how we feel about ourselves? What do we do? Let's look at what Mary does. My first point is this, Mary talked and listened to God. Mary talked and listened to God. Uh, At the beginning of the year, we always do a week of prayer, and it's just this consecrated time to prayer and fasting, and I've had a regular habit of spending time with God every morning for years and years and years, but this year I decided I really want to up my prayer life and and pray specifically for one hour. So I followed this uh, tool. It's called The Hour That Changed the World. This is actually a great resource. It's available on our website, so take a look at it there, but um, You pray for an hour and every five minutes you go into a different type of prayer. And doing this made me realize a few things. Uh, One, my prayer life needed a lot of work. And two, my prayer life consisted primarily of two things. I would start praying and talking to God with thanksgiving. I knew that was something I was supposed to do. So I'd start thanking God. Thank you, God. I'd list off all the things I was grateful for that day. And then I would move straight into petition, which is just asking God for things, which is great. That's a great thing to do. But I'd start asking God for this. And Lord, I need an answer here. And I don't know what to do about this. Can you help me here? And then I'd like tie that into intercession and also heal this person. And I'm praying for this person. They need prayer. And that was it. I mean, maybe. I knew silence and solitude, that was something we should practice. So like on a good day, I'd give like two to five minutes of just like sitting there and waiting to hear from God. But that was it. When I did the prayer wheel, 20 minutes of the hour was spent sitting and listening to God, receiving from God. And that blew my mind. One, it was challenging because obviously I have a lot of energy. I wasn't used to just kind of sitting there waiting and not talking. But two, it was so incredibly impactful. 
I realized that I would present all of these petitions to God. I'd bring him all of my problems. I'd, I'd present all of this to him. And he necessarily wouldn't give me direct answers, but I would walk away feeling so much peace, so much satisfaction, so connected to God and really full of trust that he's going to take care of whatever it is that I was going through. Let's look at what Mary does. Verse 29, we read this. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, he affirms her, Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. That's the first thing he says. Then he moves into giving more details because he knows she's a woman and wanted some more information there. So he said, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary's not done. She's like, I hear you. Thank you for the details. I don't know how logistically this is going to happen. I am a virgin. How will this be? And I love this. He doesn't go in to explain further detail. I love what Gabriel, God's messenger, says to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We've had these fires in the Everglades, right? If you look at the sky out west, it's like very dark. There's like clouds, smoke, not clouds, covering that whole area. The, the, Holy, the God is going to cover you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. God is so big and so powerful and so strong. He's going to work out the details. He's going to cover you. Mary had no idea that God was already working with Joseph. He was already working with Elizabeth. He was working out all of the details and had this grand plan orchestrated. She had no idea. All he said was the power of the Most High will overshadow you. He's going to cover you. He's going to protect you. Point number two is this. So Mary talked and listened to God. She presented her questions. She brought that to him, but she also listened to what God's messenger had to say for her. And number two is this. Mary talked and listened to the right friends. Mary talked and listened to the right friends, right? We have right friends and then we have friends like we probably shouldn't listen to their advice. Luke 1 39 says this. Uh, at that time, Mary got ready. She's just finished talking to Gabriel and it says she got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. I need friends like this in my life. I need friends that when I'm struggling, when I'm doubting, when I'm questioning, when I'm really struggling, I'm going to go to them and they're full of the Holy Spirit and they're going to be able to confirm what God is saying to me, what God is telling me. Do you have these friends in your life? Um, I most recently, um, last summer, I applied for a job and I didn't get it. And I emailed the director and asked her for feedback and she gave me great feedback. And so I thought, okay, I've got stuff to work on. So I started working on those things. And a few months later, another job was posted. And so I applied for that job. I got an interview, but I didn't get the job. And so I followed up again. Hey, do you have any thoughts, any feedback for me? And um, the feedback was, hey, the interview was great. You were awesome. We just went with another candidate who had a, another certification. And um, so we just went in that direction. He said, okay, that's fine. So a few months later, earlier this year, another job was posted. And I thought, this is it. This is it. So I applied for it. Um, I didn't get the job. I didn't even get an interview. And this time when I emailed that supervisor, they just forwarded my email to HR and said, HR can answer any questions you have. And I thought, ugh, 
I was so discouraged. That same day that I got the rejection notification, another job was posted. And we had micro church that night. And I just thought, I just don't have it in me to put myself out there again. A person can only take so much rejection before just like throwing in the towel completely. I just, I felt deflated. I thought, you know, I've just put myself out there and these applications are long and I don't want to do it again. And so I came to my community, I came to my micro church and I just kind of let it all out there. And I said, you know, I really, this job seems great. I would love it. But can you guys just pray for joy and contentment where I am? Because I, I just can't do it again. And I just want to like find contentment where I am. And um, they kind of pushed me. And they said, Nancy, I don't know why you're praying for joy and contentment when you feel like there's an opportunity there. It seems like you're just afraid. You don't want to be rejected again. I said, absolutely. Why would I put myself in that position? I don't want to be let down. And they said, Nancy, you never know until you try. Put yourself out there. Lexi, uh, we had a girl in our microchurch. She's in nursing school. And she said, Nancy, tonight after microchurch, get on your computer. I said, I'm tired. I'm just tired. It's like 10 p.m. by the time you guys leave. And she said, get on your computer tonight. I'm going to be home studying. And so just tell yourself, I'm on my computer. Lexi's on her computer over here. And so uh, she said, turn in your application tonight. I said, okay. So I did, I turned in my application, I got an interview, I got a second interview, and as of this week, I officially got the job, so I'm so excited. But looking back, I never would have applied if it wasn't for my community pushing me and challenging me and kind of stretching me in that direction. Lexi's there, she just gave a high five to her husband. Thank you. Um, I never would have done that if it wasn't for my community. If you're not in community, I think a takeaway from every sermon Pastor John preaches is get in a microchurch, but it's true. Get in a microchurch. Find yourself friends who are going to support you, encourage you, push you, challenge you to get out there and trust God for big things. We specifically, I know it was mentioned in the video, we have a moms group. I, I especially want to encourage any moms out there to get in community, whether your kids are toddlers, whether they're teenagers, we need support. We need people in our lives who are challenging us to pray for our kids and encouraging us when things look really dark. So if you're not in a microchurch, check out a microchurch. The moms group meets Tuesday at 7 p.m. So Mary did a few things. She talked and listened to God. She talked and listened to the right friends. Number three is this, Mary believed God. So I love what, how that passage ends. So Mary talks to Gabriel, right? God's angel, his messenger, he sent, her to her, he sent him to her. And Mary just encourages her. She realizes, whoa, God is doing something in your life. I'm here to support you. What can I do? And Elizabeth ends with this, Luke 1, verse 45, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Not blessed is she who birthed the Messiah. Not blessed is she who had a son who became a rabbi or in modern context, blessed is she who had a son who grew up to be a doctor, right? Blessed is she who believed the Lord I mentioned imposter syndrome earlier. To be clear, uh, Mary was not experiencing imposter syndrome. Imp imposter syndrome is when you're highly qualified, but you just don't feel adequate. Mary was very unqualified for what God was calling her to. If you're struggling with negative self-talk and negative thinking, there are lots of tools and resources out there. Self-compassion is great. But if you're in Mary's case... 
If you feel like God has called you to something that you're not qualified for, it will only get you so far. I'm here to encourage you, but I also have to tell you this. Chances are what you are very unqualified for what God has called you to. You are unqualified. God has a way of exposing our weaknesses, our frailty, our imperfection, and using them in the most kind, gentle, and loving way for his glory. Last year, brought, God brought something up. I hadn't thought of this in maybe 15 to 20 years, and God kind of brought something to the light, and I was like overcome with shame and insecurity and doubt, and I had it was crippling. I genuinely felt stuck. I didn't know what to do. I opened up to John and was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is an issue right now. What am I going to do? And um, I thought the opposite of insecurity was confidence. I thought, well, that was my prayer. God, I just need you to affirm me. I just, I just need a, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. I'm okay. I'm better. I can. And what that actually did was kind of puff me up. That's pride that only pushes God away. The opposite of insecurity is not confidence. The opposite of insecurity is actually humility. All I could do in that moment was surrender to God and say, Lord, this is the big mess that I made. What are you going to do with this? I I can't do anything. I'm just going to surrender it to you. Please take this and do something with it. And guess what? He does. 1 Corinthians 1.26 is this, brothers and sisters, Think of where you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to change, to shame the strong. I love that verse. It's challenging, right? Because I feel like Paul's kind of like insulting us, but also encouraging us. But it's helpful for any of us who maybe feel weak or or feel like we've made foolish decisions or we've let God down. Mary was so out of her league. She was young. She was unmarried. She was a virgin. She was from a small town, and yet God called her. Have you made foolish decisions? Are you fool? Do you feel unwise? Do you feel unequipped? Are you from a noble family? Probably not. It's great news when we surrender it and give that to God. Our success is not based on who we are or what we do. Our ultimate identity is that of a child of God. We are loved, we are cared for, we are provided for. The secret is not more self-confidence, it's more God-confidence. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. I I had this experience with Liam recently. Um, We were in the car driving and we were listening to a song and the song was was like a science song from a TV show. And they were uh, talking about fire. And um, we were at a stoplight, so I turned, I paused it and I turned around to Liam and said, Liam, do you know what color fire turns when it gets really hot? And he kind of looked at me, started guessing yellow, orange, red. I said, no, no, blue. (gasps) And he got so excited. His face lit up. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. I know Liam's favorite color is blue. I knew he was really into this song talking about fire. And I knew he would find that really random fact so fascinating. And I immediately started racking my brain and trying to think, when am I going to be able to show Liam fire that's so hot that it's blue? I mean, there's not really like lots of opportunities to do that. It's kind of dangerous. I don't know. So I thought maybe I'll show him a video. Maybe I'll show him a picture. I got to show this to him. And then I realized Liam was still so in awe. He was so happy to hear that he didn't need evidence from me. He just took what I said and he believed it. 
He'd never seen fire turn blue. He's seen fire plenty of times. He's never seen it turn blue. But as soon as I said it, he believed it. And he was so excited, so surprised, just in awe of what I told him. My role as Liam's mom is to love him, to protect him, to care for him, to keep him safe. I also need to discipline him. There are things that he does at home that aren't going to cut it in the real world. And my job is to make sure that gets worked out of him. God, your heavenly father loves you. He cares for you. He knows what's going to make you go, that's incredible. That's awesome. He knows what's going to keep you safe. He knows what to protect you from. He knows what dangers are in your life. And he's going to do things to kind of keep you in place. He does it because he loves you and he wants to set you free. So Mary spoke with Gabriel. Mary then went and she ran to Elizabeth and she shared with Elizabeth. And then at the end of Luke chapter 1, we have what's called Mary's Song. And it's this, it's Luke, it's, it's beautiful. I would encourage you guys this week as you're spending time with the Lord to just read that, pray that over your life. I'm going to read two verses. Mary says this, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of me, of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary believed what God said and she saw herself the way God did. Mary went from doubting herself. She went from being unsure that God sees her, that God notices her to saying, God's going to use me to change the world. And she confidently says that. What would it look like if we believed God? If we saw ourselves the way he did, if we looked past our insecurities, if we looked past our doubts, if we looked past our circumstance, if we look past what we've done and just believed God, when we accurately see ourselves the way God does, we can confidently do what he calls us to. In just a few minutes, we're going to have a time of prayer. I would encourage anyone in here who's feeling discouraged to come up for prayer. Maybe you heard that story of me and Liam and you thought that's great that you do exciting things for your kids and you know what makes them laugh and That's your experience, that's not mine. I didn't have parents in my life to make me laugh or make me smile. I have actually had no one. I don't have community, let alone family, to encourage me or push me when I need it. We would love to pray with you this morning and let you know what God says about you and what he thinks of you. Maybe you're here and you already know what God says, but you're struggling to believe them. You're struggling to make them real in your life. Insecurity has really taken root. We want to pray for this, you this morning that you would be set free and that you can believe and step out in what God has to say about you. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 says this, such is the confidence that we have in Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming, but from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Mary's success had nothing to do with her abilities, nothing to do with her circumstance. It was all about God and his promises and his mercy and his grace. And that's available to all of us today, regardless of your background, regardless of what you're coming in with today. God has big plans for your life. Let's tune in, listen to what he has to say and receive that. We're going to close and have one more time of worship. This is a great opportunity for you to just sit and and talk to God and say, God, is there anything you want to tell me? I want to hear from you, Lord. Just between you and God, you can have those questions.
After that, we'll have some volunteers up at the front. Come up anytime you want prayer. If you need to be encouraged, if you're unsure of what God has to say about you, we'd love to pray with you this morning. This would be a great opportunity to do that. stand together as we close in worship. thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your love. We're going to close in just a moment, but if I can have our prayer partners come up here to the front. I was asking Nancy as we were working together. Thank you, Nancy, by the way, for, for bringing that word. That was good. You're amazing. When we accurately see ourselves the way God does, we can confidently do what he calls us to do. That that solves a lot. And specifically as, as we were praying together and talking together about what we thought God might wanna do this morning, insecurities was, was key. And um, specifically, as I was just thinking and getting to jot down my own notes as Nancy was speaking, that whole idea of the imposter syndrome, it's, it's real in lots of contexts, but even especially spiritually, like if, if you have had a persistently challenging time believing what God says about you, A, what he says about you is true because God doesn't lie, right? 
So you can be confident in that, even if you're like, I feel like I'm a mess. Well, God also confidently knows that, but what he says is still true. But B, there's something about when, when two or more come together agreeing on something, something happens where maybe it didn't when you're just trying to fight that battle alone. Specifically, the thought in my mind was if you've been wrestling with the battle in your mind solo and it's not going well, I think God wants to do something that some level of breakthrough or setting you free in your mind that's going to happen when you let somebody else in. That could be one of our prayer partners up here. That could be pulling someone aside who's here from your microchurch. That could be making a phone call to your microchurch leader or a mentor or a trusted brother sister in Jesus, whatever that case might be before, I mean, before you leave this morning, if you're here, before you check out online, if you're watching online or before the day is over, take that step. You you don't have to be stuck in the same way and repeat the same cycles any longer. Who the sun sets free. Come on. Let me pray for us and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you so much for this incredible church family. I, I love this church so much. Lord, there's so many incredible men and women that are here that love you, that you've done incredible works in their lives. And God, now you've given us the ability, the calling, you've you've commissioned us to be a part of your search and rescue mission. But Lord, sometimes before we can go out there to see the sun set free, we need to let you set us free in here, in our minds, in our hearts. Lord, I pray a blessing over this church, grace to believe you. Lord, anybody who's been stuck and trapped in their mind, Lord, I'm praying that they would take that courageous step and let someone else in and come and pray with one of these prayer partners. Lord, I I really believe you wanna do something amazing this morning. Lord, I pray a blessing of freedom, freedom, joy, and peace to every single mind and every single heart that's here in the room, that's watching online, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Lord, I pray that you would bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them your shalom, shalom, perfect peace in Jesus' name. Amen.